Well, welcome once again to Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. Uh, I'm Kirk. Glad you're here with me again. If you if you uh, find this beneficial, please like, share, and subscribe. Um, as you see, I have yet another guest. This is much more fun for me. A better format, I think. Um, it also helps you because you hear different perspectives from people and you don't have to listen to my voice all the time, which I know uh, you can ask my wife. Uh, she, well, never mind. Don't ask my wife. Anyway, so let me just begin with introducing our guest, Pastor Ken Saul. And so, Ken, before we get into the church and, and that you're at and all this good stuff, we've known each other for a while. And and uh, to see where you're at now is, is really quite remarkable. And it's definitely the work of the Lord, um, which is what he's into doing. He likes to do miracles and create uh, something out of nothing um, so that he gets all the glory and we can't take any credit. And so I know that about you. I don't want to steal your thunder, but uh, just for a moment, uh, Ken, just tell us what brought you and led you to the ministry. So um, my road to the ministry, I mean, and my road to Christianity, you know, I mean, I, I came from um, God saved me uh, from a life of drug addiction and atheism. So when I was a drug addict, I was an also also an atheist, so I did not believe in God at all. Uh, I was not raised in church as a kid, so I, it was never uh, a thing that I, that I, you know, that I had any like involvement with. And so um, I found myself in jail uh, after so many years of being a drug addict. And, you know, it's, something that happens in jail is people <laughs> you know have some time to think and and a lot of time the the gospel gets shared i mean i've heard that if there's revival going on anywhere it's usually in the in the correctional system yeah. right now but so that's that's where i had my first contact with the gospel in jail and then it was um pretty early on in my spiritual walk that I felt the call to, to, to be in ministry, but, it, uh, it didn't, it didn't materialize, but I, I mean, I, you know, maybe you could call them delusions of grandeur <laughs> or something, but, uh, you know, I mean, for me, it, it, everything, since I'm in my adult life, uh, I've always had this kind of philosophy of if there's anything worth doing, you should probably just go all, all the way with it. <laughs> And uh, I did that, you know, um, with with all, a lot of the things that I've I've, I've chased after a, as an adult. And um, so when I got into the church, that's when we met in 2007 uh, in in Berlin. Um, it was a time where I, you know, you know, if, if, if sitting there in church you know uh, we, we were in calvary chapel so it was verse by verse and line by line through the scripture and so i i was at calvary chapel there in Berlin for five years and and i really didn't do much as far as a minute uh, as a ministry leader or anything but i i watched i watched you i watched uh, you know, pastor sean i watched uh, ray i i was just seeing what leaders do <laughs> and and again it was forming a vision in my in my heart and in my mind to, to okay so this is what it means to be uh, uh, a person who leads in the church and um 
when I left Calvary Chapel in Berlin, I actually went to Calvary Chapel in Los Lunas for a couple of years, and I was a ministry leader there um, for an addiction ministry. And then uh, God put it on my heart to start a church. So I went back to Berlin and started my own little church for a couple of years. And then uh, uh, God led me, or the building that I was renting got sold. So I actually moved my church into with another building with another pastor, and me and him joined together. And then I was an assistant pastor there for for five a little over five years and before i got to where i'm at now but that's kind of my long road <laughs> yeah no that's you know one thing that's consistent um with with most pastors is they just had this sense of this calling that that uh that they're supposed to do this and the challenge i think and you kind of hinted at it is like delusions of grandeur it's like <laughs> you know it's one of those things where it's like who am i to do this and and especially a lot of times when we are <clears throat> in the infancy of it especially when we're young in, in our christian walk and we don't know anything and we're like this is dumb for me to even think about um but yet there's a stirring that the holy spirit does and we believe that it's a sacred calling it's a call direct from the lord which really makes us want to run away because you know it's too daunting but thankfully the lord is faithful and he continues to draw us um, and and equip us and use us even in our messed up state and our inadequacies he shines through which uh, again what paul says you know when i'm weak he's strong and so that's a great place to be i also want to just note a little fact a lot of times people are very skeptical about uh jailhouse conversions uh mm. and you know I, I you're not the only uh gentleman that i know that is is in pastoral ministry that actually was uh saved in prison and so um i think it's a valuable lesson for us to remember you know that god is working and and he uses it and just because you're at a low point in jail and you're looking for a way of escape to release the guilt or to feel like you can, can get on a good behavior or whatnot doesn't negate mm -hmm. the fact that there are still a lot of real genuine conversions that happen in prison so we thank the lord for the prison ministries guys like chuck colson who started it so many years ago yeah. um and those who carried on so that leads you now to your current church and so tell us kind of where it is what the name of it is you know kind of some some just some facts about your church so uh, I'm currently the lead and lone pastor at Mercy and Grace Church of God in Grants, New Mexico. Um, so when I when I left the 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 church that I was lead, that I started in Berlin and and I partnered with my uh, uh, brother Alonzo Garcia um, and I became his assistant pastor for a number of years. It was part of the Church of God denomination, uh, uh, headquartered in uh, Tennessee, um, Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, and so for me, you know, coming from the, the spiritual upbringing I had in Calvary Chapel, like denominations were kind of ick. And so I never really desired to be part of a denomination. And, and Alonzo uh, told me for many years, he tried to get me to, to get my credentials through Church of God. And I was like, eh, I'll, I'll just I'll just work with you, brother, because in Church of God, the 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 lead pastor has the authority to just ordain people under under him, and so so I got so he just signed an ordination for me under him for for a number of years as a as an assistant pastor. But then um, you know I I really had to because uh, Church of God is a is a Pentecostal uh, d denomination, and so that's a whole other uh, uh, like thing that was different for me from the theological 
upbringing I had in in Calvary Chapel, uh, Pentecostalism was you know it was always kind of you know could give get people give it a side eye or <laughs> and, and things like that. Um, even though I, I remember Pastor Ray trying to do like afterglows a couple times and and stuff at <laughs> Calvary Chapel, but it, it was never to the degree that I experienced once I came to an actual Pentecostal church. It was it, it was a whole nother level. But um, once I uh, I had to pray on it, you know, because because of all the uh, not only was I influenced by Calvary Chapel, but my whole time when I you know when I was at Calvary Chapel, I was also um, just hungry, and so I would watch sermons from pastors all over the, the world, you know, on YouTube and 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 different places, and so I was getting other theological inputs, and and still um, they were they were not Pentecostal in any way. <laughs> And so coming to that, uh, I had to really um, just pray and, 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 and ask myself, you know, I mean, because there were a lot, lot of times as if you've been raised a certain way in, uh, or theologically raised a certain way and, and people do things differently, um, it can be very frustrating. And so there, were there are traditions, still are traditions within Pentecostalism that, you know, if you, if you weren't raised that way, it, it can it, it can cause a lot of conflict and things, and I had to pray and and really seek the Lord to to see, you know, uh, you know, God, you have me here, um, and is is this is this is what your plan is for me? And then if it is where you have, then I need to be willing to let go of some of my preconceived theological assumptions. And so, eventually, I mean, I did, <laughs> and I and I went went through their credentialing process and and. Uh, and then, you know, at the church, uh, it was in Los Lunas as well, which is and for people that are watching online, it's just south of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, in the church there, uh, we had actually uh, five pastors at one point. <laughs> uh, all, uh, no, nobody on, on uh, all volunteer pastors, but we had five pastors. And, and then the Church of God in Grants, where I'm at now, um, has cycled through a lot of pastors over the past 10 to 15 years. And so uh, for a while, there was no pastor at this church. And so we at uh, the Los Lunas Church of God would take turns <laughs> coming out here to just fill in on Sundays. And so I came out here a few times. I never thought that God was going to call me to Grants, New Mexico. But, you know, after a few years, it just uh, came to a point where, I mean, the the, the bishop that's in charge of this region, you know, was kind of looking for somebody to be stable. Uh oh. <laughs> there we go. Oh, you're back. Okay. <laughs> Those looking for yeah. someone to be stable. Okay, we'll pick up there. Yeah. So the the, the big... again. Maybe uh. I don't know what this. So I'm using my cell phone as the webcam. There's an app oh, that, yeah, yeah. that enables yeah. you to use the cell phone as the webcam. And so maybe it's the cable or something. But well, I was going to make a disparaging <laughs> remark about the Internet in New Mexico, but I'm in Idaho, so I can't really talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the things that, that led me to, to agree to come to Grants is that Grants, New Mexico, actually has fast Internet. Uh, and it's not through Comcast <laughs> or anything. It's actually they, they have a, a using a fiber optic connection but wow the internet was was it was is a good thing it's just uh this app in particular i think yeah might be having some trouble 
so the bishop uh reached out to you or had a conversation with you yeah well he just put it out there and i and i put my hand up i, I turned in a little packet saying you know this is what i'm willing to do i'm willing to come out here and so um i so we we own the house that we live in in Berlin, and uh so we're gonna we, we had to figure out how, how what we're gonna do and so we ended up renting our house in Berlin to my brother-in-law and then coming out here and I, I actually commuted from Berlin to Grants which is like an hour and 20 minute drive <laughs> for the first year that I was pastoring here in Grants I had wow. to commute out out from put a lot of miles on my, <laughs> my wow. vehicle that year and then uh, eventually we're just like okay because I I had another vision that we were going to actually because the church has a space behind it because there used to be a parsonage hmm. for the pastor but it was actually uh it was condemned and they leveled it but there's still a space and i was like well maybe we can actually finance a mobile home and put it on there but that didn't materialize so we just ended up renting a place here in grants and so i've been uh here pastoring in grants for a little over two years almost two and a half years Right. And um, it has been an interesting time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that a little bit, I'm sure. You know, one of the things that that um, you mentioned is that we have these different ideas depending on how we were raised or what what introduction we had into Christianity or what church tradition that we had. Um, so I was raised in the Church of God, but the one uh, based in Anderson, Indiana. And so uh, when we heard of the other Church of God out of Cleveland, Tennessee, we're like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we're kind of the opposite. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and one of the things that I really enjoyed about being in different uh, tradition settings, uh, you, when I was called to uh, looking at this idea of being a Lutheran pastor, never being in a denomination before, you know, the Church of God out of Anderson, Indiana was was considered non-denominational, Calvary mm -hmm. Chapel considered non-denominational, although I would say both of them have um, very um, clarifying <laughs> denominational tendencies. I mean, you know, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. they have some culture issues, not issues, just there's tendencies and that you know that they're from a certain thing. And so, but... <clears throat> one of the things that i was praying about was you know coming to the lutheran church i love the doctrine of the lutheran church i i liked you know what i was reading what i was studying and some of the doctrine that i had found um uh even before i i left calvary chapel that, that i was wrestling with and um and of course i'm very thankful for calvary chapel it gave me a love for god's word and i think you would say the same too i mean and i still yes. find myself uh, doing a lot of verse by verse stuff as much as i can in the current context uh, especially in bible studies and whatnot but um, one of the things I was praying about was I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't want to wear a robe, you know, because <laughs> as you can see behind me there, I don't want to wear it. Yeah. And, and the Holy Spirit said clearly to me, he goes, so you're going to let a robe determine whether or not you can preach the gospel to people. And right. I said, okay, okay. And, and what I love about the body of Christ is that Paul mentions the variegated wisdom. And that variegated is like shining a light through like a crystal and how the different colors shine all over the wall. And how, how cool that we have different expressions of our faith, different emphasis and different traditions with Christ still as the main thing for all of us. And so um, I love how God meets us where we need to be met and how he uses us in our diversity. And so that's one of my hearts is that one of the things I find along when I'm talking to pastors is pastors, no matter what denomination or faith tradition they're part of, all have the similar struggles 
similar ideas um and you know we all think it's a sacred calling and so it's not just a normal job um, we carry the burdens of the congregation in a way uh you know you've been there for a little over two years you said it's been interesting well a lot of that interest comes from people just getting to know you getting to go oh you do things differently and maybe not having some leadership for a time creates some bad habits potentially or just misguided habits and so you come into a, a thing like that and and now you have to sift through it and also find your rhythm of who you are as a lead pastor which which takes time with because it's different with each group of people uh because you know you can't just take uh, I have a pastor friend in, in northern california highly dynamic and what he does in his community doesn't transfer to other communities necessarily. And so you have to you have to figure that out, which is what you're navigating. But the two-year mark is huge. So uh, mm. just, a, just a little bit about uh, the church there. So um, not that we care about numbers, but have you seen growth or, you know, what's it looking like? Well, let me tell you the story. <laughs> okay, so so I, I got out here and, you know, I mean, so a little, little bit of context. So since the time I've been uh, in ministry, I've always wrestled with the question, okay, do I always go the path of least resistance or sometimes do I need to press through difficult things? You know, and because I've heard story, you know, if God guides, God provides. And so, you know, uh, the, you ha you when they step into a certain thing and all the doors just, just fly open, and I had none of that experience any any of the earlier times yeah. <laughs> in ministry. Everything's been kind of just trying to push through through you know just difficult times. And so I, when I finally get the uh, appointment from the bishop to come out here, um, it was it was amazing because I okay. Thing is cutting out on us <laughs> so is the audio still going even though the, the no you out? freeze i mean you have the some whole great thing, the whole thing freeze. it's good though i mean yeah some good poses yeah. so <laughs> but you're good now oh please stop again out here um the bishop uh uh says okay uh, here we go uh and, and introduces me because there's already a worship leader okay. um uh, and her name was roxanne and roxanne and her family all come to the church so there was already 15 uh 15 to 20 people coming to the church um they already had we already had a worship leader we already had kind of a tradition as as far as tithes and offerings go uh, and there was already five thousand dollars in the church bank account when i got here nice. <laughs> and i was just like wow this is this is amazing you know i mean i already have all these things and and so we 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 jump in head first and we do a couple of outreaches and and it seems it seemed like every time we did an outreach we would add like one or two people to the church and and uh, we actually had this couple come in come in um and they were kind of between churches but they had oodles of ministry experience and his name was Ken, and his wife was named uh, Carolyn. <laughs> so Ken and Claire, and Carolyn. But Ken, you know, he, he was like, I, I really like what you're doing here. And, I, you know, I ended up taking him on as my assistant pastor. And Carolyn had all kinds of experience, and she was going to, she, she stepped in as the administrator. So I'm six months into the thing here in, in grants, and, and we got an assistant pastor, administrator, worship leader, and we have a pretty consistent one, you know, 15 to 20 every Sunday morning. And I was just like, oh, well, this is what it feels like, you know, to have more of them stories that I heard about that I had never not experienced. And then 
um we finish out the first year and then january 2022 hits and roxanne uh gets killed in a car accident oh no yeah and so roxanne uh dies in a car accident and we have a huge uh, that weekend, we had a, a, you know the, more people in the church than we ever had because it was you know, and it was like everybody flew out right away, so it was kind of just a you know um, very immediate um, memorial service that we did right there. And her and her family, uh, a lot of them were from Alaska, and, and so people just came in from all over. And then uh, you know, I did my best to minister to everybody there, and did my best to, to kind of meet everybody where we're at. And we were, you know, me and my wife were were in shock ourselves. Uh, 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 you know, one day you're here, and the next day you're gone. Um, and then uh, most of Roxanne's family um, they moved back to Alaska or something, moved to different places, and and so uh, you know, we went from you know about twenty every every Sunday to to five. <laughs> Wow. And and it was yeah up and down for the rest of 2022. By the end of 2022, I was questioning everything. You know, I'm like, am I, should I even be out here? Is it, you know, we on like the last Sunday in December 2022, we had two people, uh, and I was just like, man, you know, I was like, is this a sign, Lord? You know, am I is is my time here done? But then I, you know, again, um, there's a there's a verse, First uh, Samuel chapter 30 where David um, is really in distress and, and you know, people got uh, taken captive. And it says that even his people that were t- turning against him, and it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. <laughs> yeah, And I, that's what I kind of had to do in the beginning uh, or at the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023. And so this year in 2023, I mean, I have, we have seen uh, kind of the momentum being built back up. We're kind of, uh, we we still don't have a, a worship leader, so we do video worship on the, on the, on Sunday now. And um, but we uh, again um, we're, we're we are pressing forward, and we're doing we're, we're doing what God called us to do. And so we're back up to about fifteen to twenty on Sunday mornings now. Um, and you know, again, this year has has continued to try my resolve as far as um you know is is this really what god wants me to do and, and so and i always had like this little voice on my shoulder you should quit <laughs> and I'm like get out of here yeah. but well yeah the enemy doesn't want us to to do what god's called us to do and uh you know it, it's easy for us to get discouraged and i share this almost every every kind of episode that i have but you know senior pastors uh lead pastors are very insecure people to the core um and mm-hmm. so we do this we go out with doing wanting to please the lord um and then you know having exposure to certain ministries and access now through the through the internet we we see large ministries and we hear stories of yeah oh, i just went to this town and and hung a sign and and within a year we had like 500 people and and <laughs> And you know when you come out of, of of something like a Calvary Chapel, that's the highlight, right? But yet there's a ton of churches, um, even in Calvary Chapel, that that aren't mega churches. I have a couple around our area that are you know 20 people or something. And so, so I think that we get caught up in that. Back to your original comment about the call of delusions of grandeur. 
well if i do this then all these people will you know you, you know one person is is really uh enough and uh your faithfulness yeah. at, through the strength as you strengthen yourself in the lord is obviously what is important but god also put us together in a family right and the church has people in it and we're called together to build one another up in love so how do you rely on the church members at your church yeah i was looking at that question thinking about that question how i rely on you know, and, and you know, I posted a, a thing on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, this picture of the octopaster yeah. <laughs> does all. And, that, and, you know, that's what I do at the church. I, um, I, I mean, you could definitely say that I, I have control freak tendencies. <laughs> I, I try, you know, <laughs> if you want something, done, that's the old idiom. If you want something done right, do it yourself. Yeah. And, and and so I I don't um, right well right now with the the limited amount of people we have I don't, I don't um, really rely on them as as much as I've seen other pastors you know they have this huge support group around them and uh, we do have uh, a few sisters and 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 families that are consistent and and so af after every Sunday uh, service we have a, a fellowship meal together. And so some of the, uh, you know, we have, we have uh, brothers and sisters that, that will bring some food in and help with, you know, help get drinks th together and kind of support that time of, of breaking bread together. And that, you know, and that's a, a, an important thing. And, you know, we do have uh, just a couple of faithful tithers that really, that makes a big difference because mm -hmm. unfortunately the, the financial strains of, of pastoring a church in in the modern uh, era that we live in is still very real i mean it can it can cause a lot of pastors unhealthy mental health <laughs> yeah no absolutely and and i think you know you, you did key on something uh, that you rely on members to show up to church <laughs> i mean yeah you know it sometimes we minimize that and because uh, we know oh it's not just about butts in the seats but the reality is uh, when people show up to church you go, okay, maybe I'm doing something, um, especially if they show up consistently. Okay, Lord, maybe maybe I'm doing something that's actually worthwhile, that has benefits. Um, because like you were saying, when you only had a couple people and, and you're like, okay, so what am I doing? Uh, and and I think that again, I always, I always, I love that Jeremiah is in the book uh, for us to read because, you know, 40 years he's preaching and nobody comes to faith. And, and so whenever we feel down, I think that's a good thing that God has given us to go, what about Jeremiah? But I think it's also important that we look for those things and, and even your, uh, even your, noticing your countenance we talk about the, the the fellowship meals afterwards breaking bread together and people bringing stuff for that and even those who are faithful to tithe i mean those are things that that um that really help you go okay um there's still people engaged in the, in the work of the ministry i'm not doing it for nothing um you know you're really in a rebuilding phase unfortunately it's one of those things where it's almost like you, you planted a new church uh after roxanne yeah. passing and now we got to start over um and how big is the town of grants it's not huge right it's it's similar to Berlin, new mexico so the the population is around eight thousand. yeah uh, one walmart <laughs> yeah it's only um, yeah, yeah. You just got one one Walmart. We got like five dollar stores and a bunch of allsups, but uh yeah, yeah. that's a convenience <laughs> store in New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, it's a, it's a small town and actually uh compared to Berlin, the there's a slightly less crime in Grants than there is in Berlin. Uh Berlin gets a lot of the trickle down from Albuquerque sure. 
and and uh, but there it, uh, there is still uh, um, generational um, alcoholism. You know, uh, we we have a large Native American population here, so so I've you know I'm one of the things that God has called me to. Apparently, I've, I've been you know counseling, and um, you know God delivered me out of addiction to crystal meth. But again, uh, a, a person who's been delivered out of out of uh, addiction still can can relate to people. I, I never never was an alcoholic, but I, I know the the struggles. I, I grew up around alcoholics, so and it's it's a serious thing that goes on out here. Yeah. So thinking of the time in ministry that you've had, so the past you know what not ten years or so, whatever that's been. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me about a moment, a specific moment, maybe where you felt built up in the ministry? Well, I can tell you when I got out here to grants and, and everything was, you know, all these these things, these support systems were already in place, and I and I had, you know, and even when Ken and his wife came yeah. came and came came alongside us, I was just like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> this, yeah. this is a good thing. But even before that, earlier times in ministry, um, my mentor, um, he was an assistant pastor at Calvary of Albuquerque, uh, Greg Riego. Uh, yeah. He, he unfortunately um, the, there was a an incident where his son killed the whole family. Uh, it's on it's on it's on Google. You can see the thing. But Greg was um, you know he was a, a very influential in my life, and I spent um, two years before I ever led a ministry um, at his house. I would drive from Berlin to Albuquerque every Sunday night, and we would have Sunday night uh, mentorship and discipleship and. Uh, and so you know greg was an inspiration because he had a similar background background he was in gangs in california he had some military background and he you know he had um, god delivered him from all those things and so you know he was a very strong direct uh leader and and he was one of the original uh um ones to really you know sit down and 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 you know kind of inspire me to to the ministry so again when i was when i was being discipled by greg it was a, a, a an important time of building me up in the ministry yeah that's important too and i, I just want to encourage other pastors church leaders that that um you know that that is a wonderful way to be encouraged in the ministry is to pour into other future ministry leaders or those who are beginning in their ministry uh, it's a great thing to do because you have people who uh, who actually have, uh, boy, actually I said, but who have a desire um, for the things of the Lord that maybe isn't as isn't as commonplace as most of your church members, and so um, you know you realize that that's a that's a different calling from the Lord. You, you know you don't sit there. I, I often wonder why people don't want to be at church all the time. Why don't they want to study their Bibles? And and the Lord has something because because I called you to that, um, and and I think He does call everybody to that. But I think that that you just recognize there's a different calling on certain people's lives, and God is working. Um, and so we did this initiative in our district here um, that said, I, you know, that basically was the now leadership initiative is what it's called. But one of the things is that we we look at this idea of I see in you. So who are, are we looking at our congregation? Are we looking at younger people or, or even not enough to be younger? But, you know, I see in you this desire for Bibles. I see in you this leadership quality. Mm-hmm. I see in you. Have you ever considered ministry? Um, yeah. And then if you have some that are getting in it, just it's it. it keeps you fresh i think as a pastor when you are are helping others as they begin ministry it's it's really you, you know god puts you through stuff 
so that you can share it and so that you can walk through, through it with others. And so um, anyway, that's my my plug to get pastors to pour into other people um, in ministry ways. So uh, what do you find right now to be maybe the biggest challenge currently in your ministry? Well, I was thinking about that as well. Um, and myself, <laughs> I'm my own biggest uh, uh, obstacle. Uh, uh, again, um, going back and forth, uh, I feel my wife has been telling me, you know, we, we really need to make more connections in the community. And I'm like, okay, like, like, and that, and, and so I've been studying quite a bit this year and I, you know, uh, you've heard of Craig Rochelle, uh, ever heard of him? He has the U version Bible app. He's, oh, yeah, he's yeah. the pastor of life.church. Gotcha. Biggest church in America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does, he does a leadership podcast. And so I've been watching some of his stuff and it, it, I got inspired a couple months ago. Uh, he did a couple of videos on, uh, on the topic of momentum, uh, building momentum in an organization. And, um, you know, for me, you know, as that's something that I've very rarely in my life been able to actually do is create a positive momentum and, and see a, a, and kind of facilitate a, 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 a kind of environment for a positive momentum to build. Uh, and you know, I want so as we finish out 2023 and, and, and look forward to 2024, that's something I've been praying heavily on. Um, is to overcome, you know, he, he compared um, the building of momentum in an organization or church kind of like um, a, a rocket blasting off um, and, and how much how much energy they have to expend to, to reach, uh, what is it, uh, terminal velocity or to, to, to break free from the from from uh, from gravity. <laughs> I mean, you have to you have to exert huge amounts of energy and um that, that's one of the things that i've always struggled with uh you know with my weight and with with, with just um life in general I, you know i i i tend to get lethargic and stay lethargic for long periods of time and 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 so that's one of the biggest obstacles I see here at the in in this current season is 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 building that momentum and fighting against that that gravity or that that lethargic spirit uh, that's in me to actually get up and be effective and do the things I know I need to do. You heard the saying, you know, a lot of times we we know what to do, but we don't do what we know. <laughs> yeah, that's why as yeah, that's why as parents we always tell kids, you know, don't do what I say, not what I do. So <laughs> indeed, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. So you know, it's one of those things that I that you just tapped on, which I think is really important uh, for pastors is that that to not become complacent that we're always learning right and and it's really important one of the things that in my research is it's really important when church members support the continuing education uh and it really i would say expect it of their pastors um you know and so like for us we have a line item budget that's for continuing education conferences and 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 books and whatnot um and and i think that that that's a momentum thing that can be inspiring to 
as you listen to different podcasts, as you listen to leadership things, that's going to filter down into your normal conversations as you lead people. Um, and so we'll be praying, hopefully, as, as, as a community of people, the, the, the handful that watch this, uh, that, that, that there would be that momentum and uh, you would be encouraged in the Lord as as Second uh, Samuel 30, as David encouraged himself in the Lord, that, that would be present and mighty in 2024 would be just... Uh, uh, you'd watch the Lord just just conquer those things for you that you say are struggles. Um, and uh, again, uh, you know, some of you may who I know a few of you who watch this will know Ken as long as I have. And, it, you know, the man that that's talking to me is way different than the man I met. Um, what did you say? What year was that? 2007? 2007. Oh, we yeah. were like 12, right? Anyway, so um, <laughs> I know that we didn't have gray hair and I don't think I was as bright. Right. <laughs> indeed apparently we got some wisdom along the way is what that means right so um so tell me just this a simple thing how has someone in your church made you smile within the last couple of weeks well uh... no <laughs> waiting this is anticipation great anticipation to hear what he has to say <laughs> uh yeah exciting exciting times right but hopefully he'll rectify it shortly oh there we are this one, the, you, you created great suspense and anticipation for this answer <laughs> yes absolutely can you hear me now i can hear you great yeah okay so um so some of the sisters uh that come to the church you know um so as a pastor, every pastor I know, um, you you want to feel like you're heard, like the, like the church is actually getting something when you preach. I mean, I mean that's why we share the gospel. That's why we preach the word. And um, I can say that that there have been a couple times after a Sunday message that the, the, the they will say, "Hey, that really spoke to me." In fact, even uh, my brother or my brother-in-law was watching online the other the other weekend, and he uh, he called me up after service. He said, "Bro, that that really spoke to me," and 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 those are the things that make make uh, uh, like okay, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, somebody has ears to hear. Somebody is getting this, and and that really puts a a smile on my face. Is is to see you know is just to hear that that. You know, I mean, that that was my prayer when I came into the ministry. God, Lord, you know, use me to reach somebody. Lord, please, you know, help me to communicate your truth effectively. That, that, that's what we want. And, you know, any type of, of, of you know, validation of that really, help, you know, helps me a whole bunch. Right. Yeah. And that's a it, so church members, if you're listening to this, uh, <laughs> tell your pastors that you got something out of their message uh you know and that's <laughs> and it's true i mean again i say this often but but pastors aren't very complicated uh but but there's some simple things that that church members can do that really make a big difference and, and you know you, you always have Typically, you'll always have one person that always says, thank you, pastor, or good job. But when somebody comes to you and says, boy, that that you said has an impact on my life, or that made sense now, I, 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 I'm I not confused about things. Specific feedback, um, positive feedback, let me clarify, is very, very important um, for, for pastors. Because again, to your point, Ken, we're doing this 
because we want to have something that has eternal impact, something that builds the kingdom, something that transforms lives, that they're not just coming and, and, and checking the box that they were at church this Sunday, that there's something that they're taking with them and applying in their everyday life and being a witness for Christ because we're called to equip them, right? To go do the work of the ministry. We can't be where they are. They have been given a specific place that God wants to use them. And our job is to, is to encourage them and to equip them to do that. So when they tell you, hey, what you're doing is actually fulfilling the work of the, the pastoral role, huge, huge. So that's wonderful. So yeah. with all that said, let's kind of wrap it up with what is your desire for the people in your church? Well, what I wanted to do is share the mission and vision for Mercy and Grace Church. Great. Perfect. And uh, um, so the mission of Mercy and Grace Church of God in Grants, New Mexico, be a blessing. Uh, be a blessing by shining the light, which is, you know, let your light so shine, you know, do do good deeds, uh, sharing the gospel, you know, actually speaking, you know, words of faith, saying that God loves you and he sent his son to, to, to pay, for, pay for your sins. So shining the light, sharing the gospel and showing the love, you know, just loving people, loving people right where they're at. So that's the mission of Mercy and Grace Church and the vision, uh, the vision of Mercy and Grace Church of God is to be a beacon of hope in the community of Grants, New Mexico, by loving the unloved, encouraging the discouraged, teaching the teachable, feeding the hungry, uh, serving the unserved. We want to inspire the youth, strengthen the family, honor the elderly, and restore the broken. So mm -hmm. that that's that's our vision to be to 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 fulfill those those gospel callings uh in this community and i and i i believe that we can i believe that we're called for such a time as this you know one of the things that we've been talking a lot this year in 2023 is what is the purpose of church because i've had people tell me i don't need to go to church to be a christian <laughs> and and the reality is you don't you don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but I, I use the analogy of uh, when I joined the army, um, uh, you know, I went through basic training, uh, then I got uh, advanced training, and then I got assigned to a, uh, a duty station. And when I got to my first duty station, they give me uh, my orders and they give me uh, 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 directions to go to the quartermaster. The quartermaster in the military is the place where you go to get your equipment. So when I got to the quartermaster, I was already a soldier. <laughs> I didn't have to go to the quartermaster to, to become a soldier. I was already a soldier. <laughs> and, and so the quartermaster is the place where you get equipped, you get you get all the, the, the stuff that, that's gonna help you fulfill your mission. For me, I see the church as a place of equipping, as a place of coming together to, to, to get wisdom, understanding, encouragement, and love. And, and coming to, physically coming to the church and expecting um, to grow in those things is the purpose of church. You don't, it, it doesn't make you a Christian, but it gives you the equipment to be a Christian. <laughs> and so I try and encourage people, you, you know, it was, I think it was my brother-in-law one of my brother-in-laws that, that were, you know, he was arguing, you know, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. No, bro. It's not about becoming a Christian. It's about getting stronger, getting equipment. And I really 
want to, and I'm going to continue that message. Uh, I, 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 Lord willing, I, I want to continue that message to the to the community. We're really praying that the Lord would bring in some young people from because uh, in Grants, New Mexico, there's like 20 churches, and they're all you know pretty small, but there's you know schools and the schools are filled with kids yeah and so there's a lot of young people in grants and i you know i don't see them in the churches <laughs> so right. we're praying that, so that the, the young people would come in and then they would hear that message and desire to be equipped and that that's what we're praying for yeah you know you you come on a good point i mean you're a christian solely on the work of jesus christ it has nothing to Amen. do with with you, but if you are a Christian, if you've received that forgiveness of sins, been made new in the Lord, now then how should you live? And I think, you know, Paul, I love the book of Ephesians because Paul spends this whole, the whole first three chapters of the letter as we've broken it apart, telling you who you are because of what Christ has done for you. And then he says, okay, so now what does that look like? Now Amen. walk in a manner worthy of your calling now. And so when we understand what a real, what, what to be a Christian is, Right. Yeah. What, what if we really understand that? Then we're asking the question. Okay, Lord. So what do I? What What can I do now? Um, not so that I can earn salvation, but as a response to the amazing forgiveness and mercy and grace. Ah, that you given me. How should I live? And so I'm excited for that. Great mission. Great vision. Um, you know, I appreciate that. You know, I like how you know all mission statements or vision statements typically in churches are love God, love others. I mean, you know, um, yeah. but I like that that you're very you're very specific about it, and I think that that really helps you identify this is who we are as a church. This is why we exist, and this is what we're going to strive. Even though I don't like that term in Christianity, but this is what we're going to strive to do. And if you want to be part of this church, here's what we're doing. Um, yeah. And so um, that's great stuff, Ken. Hey, I appreciate the work you're doing. I, I want to encourage you to keep at it. Uh, you know, Thank it's you. just, uh, it's wonderful that you have responded to the call and, and, and seen over the years just how God has, um, I'm going to use this term and you can think ill of me, but he's, he's completely <laughs> regulated you. Uh, oh, wow. And, and that's, uh, you know, it, it's it's just neat uh, to see how God restores things and he uses people. And so you can be an effective witness for him. So uh, thanks again. I just want to encourage anybody, if you found this a blessing, um, please, you can comment now as long as I said it right, Kim. Uh, but, <laughs> but check out uh, Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. That's ppmhi.org. Please like and share this. And uh, if you have any other suggestions, uh, please let me know. Subscribe to so you don't miss any content. And continue to pray for Ken. Ken, say hi to your family for me. God bless. Uh, hi, God bless you guys. Also, uh, for anybody tuning in online, we uh, our website is www.magcog.org. Uh, we also have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel. That's where uh, we're, we're very active on. So find us on on Facebook or YouTube. Just type in Mercy and Grace, uh, Mercy and Grace Grants, uh, or you can just type the three words Mercy Grace Grants, and you should see our our YouTube channel pop up on there. So if you want if you want to see what, you know what the Lord is doing. <laughs> yeah, midweek you've been in Revelation, so. Uh... If you want to know yes, how, so, yeah. if you want to know what's going on, that's where to go. <laughs> Wednesday yeah, <absolutely>. night. So. <laughs> All right, Ken. Well, thanks again. 
uh, enjoy the rest of your week and and uh, enjoy. Uh, you'll, this will air before Christmas or on Christmas Day. I think you might be our Christmas present to everybody. So Ooh, exciting! All right, <laughs> well, bless you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I consider it a tremendous blessing and uh, and a privilege to 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 share these things with you guys. And I, again, Kurt, I, I I believe you're doing good work when it comes. It's something that needs positives. Uh, pastors, positive mental health is something that definitely needs to be encouraged. And I'm fully with you on that. All right. Well, thanks, brother. I appreciate it. God bless. All right.